Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. Don't think. Be. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10... We did not know each other, and we could not speak to each other, because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to us. To every politician who was taking donations from the NRA, I believed them when they said they were sleeping on concrete floors. I believed them. Children being separated from their parents in front of an American flag. I believe them. And you can change the entire population of the world, 8 billion people. And if you're going to figure out what was happening to us, you might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever. Well, it didn't happen. Here we are. I believe these women. You're wrong. I feel extremely lucky to, to be here with all of you fighting for justice, for equality, for the right for us to equally exist in this country. There were 329 uprisings, 257 cities within four and a half years. And neither Martin nor Fannie had any control over that. We might be headed to the promised land of speaking the truth and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. But their children were saved and their children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere and anyone can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world, but the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Welcome to Public Access America. Make a stand. I know I did. Thank you very much. And may God bless us. And may God bless us. There we go. And that's all we got to do. You know what I mean? How cool is that? I, but yeah, okay. So I've been seeing a lot of misinformation. I think, here's what I think. Like, I think we need bulldozers to clean out all the bullshit in america like we we like there was just this badass party here's how i pictured it there was this badass party at somebody's house and some of the people they took this weird drug trump and the others they took this weird other drug and the others and now there's this big party this big mess that all of us have to clean up in the middle and so Imagine everybody bulldozing all this shit into the street so the garbage man can take it, right? I think, mm-hmm. I think we need to clear out the information field, like, in America. Just get everybody to push all the bullshit out of their minds and into the street mm-hmm. so we can clean it up. But there's a lot of misinformation, and we're all divided in this information. We're all using it. But it's like two little echo chambers separate from each other sharing mm-hmm. the information and kind of spitting it at each other once in a while. But how do we get that information to be accurate so we actually go back to having the important discussions about people instead of calling them pedophiles because you saw a link once or without calling them Russian because 
you know, they shared the Russian link that you know is a link, but they don't seem to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's let's start with, you know, how did we get yeah, how to, did we start? How did how did this party happen? <laughs> let's <laughs> you know, because as much as I want to say it was like, you know, you, you pile into a car with a bunch of friends and they're like, dude, there's this rager going on. You know, that rager had to start with a couple of people or, right. or, or so you think. So let's let's take two tracks here because, you know, we could really try and boil it down as much as we can or, you know, or we can get as granular as we could. And, and right. I don't know that that's necessarily going to do anybody any good, but let's just kind of start with the, t- the two main tracks. You know, let's start with traditional media. Um, so. So traditional media, you know, what your what your great grandfather and your grandfather grew up with, and and to some extent your parents, um, <clears throat> you know, the news was broadcast three times a day. You had the morning news, the evening news, and the nightly news. And really, during those three time periods, you had a bunch of research happening. You had a bunch of interviews happening. You had a bunch of independent investigative journalists going out and trying to get as much information as they could right which is wait by the way which is how the bible was created but anyway go on oh yeah so you have you have these very set time periods as to when news is released and during those times you know accuracy was it was extremely important yeah like printing a retraction because you got it wrong, like would send your network down to the bottom. Right. And so, so getting it right was more important than getting something out there. Like you didn't want to be that, that, that uh, mainstream media outlet that got it wrong. No. And got it not. wrong. Badly. Because there was only three of them. You know what I mean? There was mm-hmm. th- three competing stations, one in the beginning and then two and then three and then Fox. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it was, you were competing to be the best, not competing to be the fastest. Exactly. So, you know, a lot of the times though, you know, we also have to look at the way that information moved. You know, it isn't like right now where someone could just type something up, hit send, and then a, a million people could stumble upon your blog post or your link. Right. You know, you you really only had news coming from a few different sources, mm-hmm. governmental agencies or eyewitnesses. And yeah. really, you know, at those at those times, it was like those two were your your bread and butter. If it didn't come from somebody who saw it and it didn't come from a governmental agency or report, it was for lack of a better word, trash. And all of that siphoned through the beat reporter and the editor, you know what I Mm -hmm. mean? You had several different uh, lines of authority that would tell you yay or nay on whether or not to run it. And if it was a giant story, I'm guessing the owner of the paper would be like, "Mm," you know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, and on top of that, it it was also one of those things where, you know, if it was really hot and really juicy, you wouldn't be surprised to have a government agent showing up at your door, you know, at your, at your office saying, Hey, you know, we need you to not run this story, you know, because, because national security was a lot different. You know, the worst thing that you could do at that time was run something that the commies would be able to use. That's right. Or Castro. 
Yep. Well, I mean, we didn't really, you know, for a while we, you know, Castro, you know, was hot and until, you know, the whole Cuban missile crisis right. after that, you know, really it was kind of like, whatever they're, they'll do their own thing. But, you know, the Soviets, Oh God, you know, the oh, worst yeah. thing you could do was give the Soviets any type of ammunition, right. you know, be it, you know, some type of governmental issue or some type of scandal, you know, you didn't, you didn't want to give them any fuel or fodder or ammunition there was a wall up because you couldn't give them technology if you were yeah that's the whole spy thing that's so intriguing you know that they actually exist so you know the the pressure to get it right and to make us seem like we had our shit together Mm. was really important you know we we had to beat the commies period end of story it didn't matter how we just had to we had to make sure that the commies didn't have anything on us and and so you know given that you know our news was i wouldn't even it wasn't highly regulated but it was you know we didn't want to seem like those propagandist mouthpieces that you saw in you know you know nazi germany and and the soviet union where you know your news was controlled by the state right you know our idea was is that no, we're independent. We can get it right. We don't need government minders to do that. Right. And I want to say really quickly because it's important to the later conversation, the Soviet way of informing is ultra speed with a lot of truth, a lot of stuff being thrown at you, and it's a lot of little bit of misinform misdirection and a lot of truth really fast to overwhelm people to cause them to give up. That is what they do. That's what they've been doing. So anyway, mm-hmm. which is what you know, like you said, you know, which is what we've seen Russia do. Right. I don't but, want to jump ahead to, but the, we'll to the get to that this story. I just want people at the end of this to go. Oh, yeah, like that Russian That's thing how. he mentioned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and, and, you know, and that's the other important thing is, is that, you know, the fall of the Soviet Union only happened in 91. Right. So, you know, we still have, you know, we haven't had that long of the Soviet Union being gone that you've seen this huge fundamental shift in the way, you know, Russia now operates. Right. And that's where Vladimir Putin is bringing them back to what they were. So we haven't had a lot of time without them trying to be what they were. Yep. So back to American traditional mainstream media, you know, our, that tradition of, you know, you didn't get wired broadcasts, you know, that it was all in print. So, and print and print space was, expensive and you couldn't get it wrong because if you had to print a retraction you know that was on your dime Mm -hmm. so you had to get it right and then of course when the telegraph finally appears you know wire time is expensive so you know getting it right is extremely important right and they're they're concentrating on storms and and news and you know, but they're not concentrating on, oh, this guy is dating this guy. It was important things, stuff. Things that have happened that cannot be factually disputed. Right. You know, like President Lincoln being shot or yeah. and all these other things. Need you know. to need to know, not want to know. Need to know. Exact, exactly. You know, the American public needed to know this and, you know, or you know, anything, anything like that. Right. Um so even then, you know, 
as you move into the age of radio and television, you know, airtime is expensive and there's still that need for getting it right. Right. So you have a lot of tradition of getting it, you know, getting it as accurate as you can because the cost of getting it wrong was very prohibitive. And a good example of that would be War of the Worlds by Orson Welles that so many people believed that that was a reality because of how important the transmission of information was at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, and, and that's, that's kind of, you know, Orson Welles in a way is kind of where we, we start to get into fake news. Mm. You know, that's, it's, I'm, I'm, I can guarantee you that, you know, you've got all these other little, you know, kitschy, goofy newspaper thingies yeah. that, they used, to you know, have, maybe, they used to have the detective novels in the 20s and, you know, all that stuff. Right. They had the fantasy books, but it wasn't deter- It wasn't factual. There was no, there's parts of this that are true. You know, it was what it right. was. But, but Orson Welles' War of the Worlds broadcast is where you, you know, really see the first, you know, what happens when you broadcast misinformation. Right. Um, granted, it was supposed to be it was supposed to be uh, just a fun, you know, broadcast that was meant to entertain. Mm-hmm. But that's where you start to see, you know, this blurring of the lines of what is real and what isn't. Yeah. And the panic that that caused is what leads us to, you know, where where we can be at times where we're talking about, you know, hey, the things that are in this are not real. You have to you have to remember that this is hilarious or, you know, this is entertainment. This is right. not actually news. Dramatizations and mm-hmm. it, it's like light food, you know, it's the because, same, different crap. Because it actually caused a, a, a countrywide panic. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you saw what happened with the power of the spoken word. Right. And unfortunately, the lack of knowledge or information that this isn't real. <laughs> right. So, so really, like, that's our foray into fake news, you know, but it was by accident. Hmm. Now, when it comes to the mainstream media, this is where you start to see, you know, you start to see the potential for what you could do which is why, you know, when you would have broadcasts around the world, like, for example, you know, you think of uh, World War II and, you know, how the Japanese would broadcast to the Americans fighting, you know, Tokyo Rose, for example. Right. You know, like, your your governments are lying to you and this, that, and the other. Just constant. In the fields in Vietnam, they would put loudspeakers up and just transmit that to American camps. Yeah. Yep. And and you so fake news was more of a military weapon mm-hmm. at that point. You know, you saw the Soviets do it to the Nazis, and the Nazis do it to the Soviets, and the right. Nazis do it to us, yep. and then eventually the Soviets do it to us. China does it to Hong Kong right now. Yeah, and China does it to us as well. You know. Yeah. the the glory of the glory of fake news being a militarized weapon the the whole point of it was to get you you know to affect the morale of your soldiers mm-hmm. and ultimately make it harder for your enemy to fight you right cause now a, cause a hesitation now that hasn't necessarily been 
as successful as some people would like, you know, in the military, simply because, you know, it's not like you're seeing mass amounts of people walk across the border. I mean, even in North Korea, for example, where you had, you know, you know, there are three kind of more famous cases of people crossing the DMZ and defecting to North Korea. There's a, I forget what the name of the guy is. Um, Why would you defect to North Korea? That's freaking crazy to me well you know it's the darkest spot on the earth you can literally see north korea because of its blackness you know (laughs) i mean now but but in 1951 in that wasn't the case north korea was actually more advanced than south korea was at that time okay so north korea seemed like more of a beacon of potential than where they were stationed in south korea right and 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 this guy you know basically he you know he was low educated grew up pretty much in you know the worst of the worst in terms of home life family life you know any possessions anything education and really he thought his only hope was to go into the military while it turns out that you know when you're in the military and you're a private everybody's bossing you around right you're listening to public access america you can find public access america on spotify apple Podcasts, soundcloud and you should check out our youtube page because it has some clips of some great conversations just like this so with with propaganda news and that desire to try and affect your enemy we see you see very small successes. So the question really becomes, how do you get success on a larger level? And that success is, well, some people always, some people said it was, you know, if you tell a big enough lie loud enough, Mm. people will believe you. The big lie, Mm -hmm. which is a video on YouTube at Public Access America, by the way. And and you see a very you see a few people who are absolutely artists of the big lie. Hitler was one of the best artists Why? of the big lie. Yep. But here's but you know where you see that difference is is that you know what Hitler claimed and what he was able to do almost backed up his claim. So for example, where he claimed that you know, the Jews were the ones that were stifling the German economy, that they were traitors, this, that, and the other. And that, you know, through his leadership, you know, the German people would become, you know, these Ubermensch and all of this other fun stuff. Well, when he cre- when he made their economy a military economy and Germany's economy turned around really fast, it started to lend credence to what he was saying. Right. Everybody's working. Everybody has money. Everybody's happy. Everybody's doing their own thing, what they're told to do. It's pretty great. Yeah. And, and they think that this is absolutely awesome. And, and unfortunately that big lie, right? (laughs) you know, it's the reason why you're doing well is not because, you know, the Jews are putting you down. It's because, you're artificially stimulating your economy right. through a war effort. That's right. You know, and but you don't think in order if you have a job just making bullets, you don't think about the war. Like people in no. in Germany aren't thinking, "Holy shit!" about the atrocities outside of Germany. They're just making bullets and drinking beer and eating food. You know what I mean? 
Well, and that's and that's where people don't tend to buck the status quo. If I'm doing well for myself and I don't have to worry about where my next meal is coming from, right? Why am I going to question why I'm you making a million bullets a day, right? Or, you know, making a thousand pounds of Zyklon B. Right. And I see that the military, it's a new kind of uniform, but they're just picking up people. And I don't know. I think people get this idea that like Germany as a nation was like, we are going to do this and then went to do it. But that's not exactly how it unfolded. You know, like when you look back at history, you see like you see it in book form and it's concluded. But that's not actually it, it took years like from world war one it started to build this you know what i mean yeah and and i mean hitler was in and out of prison you know in and out of jail during you yeah. know after world war one you know a lot of the times because of what he was trying to stir up right it took him it took him a decade before the message finally started to gain some traction yeah and, and so it wasn't it wasn't this you know is you know this is where you know as much as I don't like Trump, this is where the comparisons end. You know, where Trump is in and and the the base that support him are not like Nazi Germany at all. Is is that no. this is this is a moment in time that has been broadcast far and wide on on all of our available media platforms. Yeah. Whereas what Hitler built took a decade and was before in silence could, right before he could finally get to the point of being the chancellor right before he could actually make it public what he was like for people to see he was under in the shadows working with people just doing his thing like breitbart did like all these others did you know in like yep. roger stone like all these people have these long-term things that they're working on because they just hope yep. to see it at some point like me and my podcasts you know what i mean and that's you know and and really that was that was the biggest difference is is that you know hitler had an idea and that idea was is that the jews were the enemy of the german people and this that and the other you needed an enemy you know and he picked jews yeah yeah you need you needed an enemy which i mean consequently that's what you see in america today Ooh, it's yeah. just that through 91 the enemy were was communist russia right you know now what, it's the other party you know what's interesting i saw donald trump the other day and he said these black lives matter protesters they're mean they're evil they're hurting they're murderers and i was like wait isn't that how he started with immigrants crossing the border they're mean, they're rapists, they're going to kill you. And I was like, he just took the Black Lives Matter people, took out the word immigrant and put in the word black lives. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. it's the same playbook. It's so obvious to me. But anyway. Yeah, no. And 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 really like that that that's the difference between like, you know, where where Hitler was incredibly smart about what he did and as incredibly evil as he was about it right you know he was not an opportunist like this was his ideal and he had to work to build that up right and where this would have fallen short or ended is if he had not gotten to the chancellery and created a military economy right because had he not done that had had people you know ignored him and he and that that not play out 
Germany's economy was slowly moving forward, but I mean, the sanctions because of the Treaty of Versailles were really hard. Yeah. And by being able to subvert those, build the military back up, get people back to work, right? it gave him, it gave his argument credence. And people trying to just outright dismiss his argument rather than actually talking about it mm. and, you know, saying, look at how crazy this is. Right. By stifling free speech, it actually led to his message being more prominent. <laughs> right, because it was on the news as the one news that you were hearing. Well, it, 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 be, it wasn't even just that. It was that it by by allowing by not by not talking about how he was wrong mm -hmm. and not allowing open dis and not really just having an open discussion about it right it really only gave you two viewpoints of you know we're just going to ignore what he's doing and just yeah. kind of do our own thing right and him right and people started attaching him themselves to him right and so then you and so then when the press finally does start attacking you know him it's too little too late and thus you get you know the german the german lugenspresse mm. which literally translates to the lying press which where have we heard that before right and that's the that's the fire hose theory where the leader he spits so much information at you that you've already heard it by the time anybody's questioning it so you think you have the answer because you heard it there first. Yep. And, and we'll get into the tactics a little bit of it uh, here a little bit later. But now, you know, so you kind of see how, you know, fake media, fake news, propaganda, all kind of comes in through this, what we would consider more of a mainstream site. Right. Side of things. With an agenda, with a specific military sort of propaganda mm -hmm. agenda. Yeah. Now let's let's kind of shift more towards the last, you know, thirty years. Well, I'd say like the sixties is when the military was turned more on its citizens at that point. Mm -hmm. Until until after the war, the baby boomers, and then yeah, there was there was a bunch of stuff about Vietnam and the 60s, and, mm -hmm. and that's when I think we started turning that what we were talking about on its own citizens. So, yeah, I mean a bit, but so so now that we understand like the mechanism of the traditional media and mm -hmm. how you know it works through either you know in the U.S. where you have individual corporations or you know in in these more authoritarian regimes you have you know your state press. Yeah, right. Now, where you start to see a major shift, and, and I think we had kind of talked about this before, is the advent of 24-hour news. Right, CNN, ESPN, CNN. So with 24-hour news, you know, instead of those three time slots that you have to get your news out and get it right, now you have 24 hours of it. And, yep. you know, CNN hadn't really figured out its its place yet um but in but in 1990 1991 when you have the gulf war yep. cnn takes off because we now have this round the clock coverage of right. this major geopolitical event yep so 
once again, you know, the whole issue of is where are we, how did we lend whatever this is, it's credence. Right. And where CNN gets its credence is because of its coverage of the Gulf War. Mm-hmm. You know, we were hungry for information about how badly we were, we were kicking Saddam Hussein's ass. We saw, we saw the, we saw the rockets. We saw all of that. It was like a late night party, you know? Um, yeah. In I want to say I was like, five six years old and i remember watching the news and watching you know seeing the little map you know the map graphics and seeing infrared explosions and shit yeah yeah watching watching tomahawks launch launch off of ships and i mean you know as one of my earlier memories it's like that is that's hugely important yeah it's pretty badass right absolutely and then at the end to see him topple the statue it was like this mini series it was like we gotta watch this shit i don't think no i think the statue toppling was that was the second gulf war was it there blends yeah it blends yeah where they where they hooked the abrams tank up in kuwait right oh yeah, yeah, yeah so so you see so you see like the credence that CNN got was because they were a 24 hours news network. They didn't have all these other scheduled blocks of things that they were committed to. So they got to just cover the Gulf war and, you know, whether you worked the day shift or the night shift, it didn't matter. You could catch up on what was happening there. And it was, it was a brilliant ploy for, for CNN. It was, absolutely yeah on target and it was it was like an echo it was like bomb and then an hour later bomb and an hour later Mm -hmm. bomb and then it was hour later bomb explodes bomb explodes bomb explodes you know and it was this repetition of what had just happened and what's going to happen that was that made you want to watch because you knew and you were going to find out at the same time it was it was absolutely brilliant, you know, just what they had managed to do, um, and and other networks saw that and they're like, we can't compete with this as we stand right now. Right. You know, the information era, the internet era, you know, was barely in its infancy. Mm-hmm. It was not nearly as capable as it is right now, or even, you know, what a 24 hours new, uh, 24 hour news network could be. Right. So that's where you start to see this fundamental shift of, you know, three times a day information, you know, a morning paper to how do we get inside of viewers homes nonstop minute by minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, CNN had done something that you know had they they had been doing something that wasn't working until that very moment. Right. But even still, you know it, that was an infancy thing. You know that last. You know the Gulf War didn't last very long. Right. But it lasted long enough to cement CNN's place and show all of these networks we need twenty four hour news. It got the people got the asses in their seats but you had to keep them there yeah and and unfortunately one of the things that you know they either did or didn't realize and this is where i i'm not you know unfortunately i don't know that there's been any research on is war sells terrible things sell terrible things hook eyeballs and 10 years later you would see that with september 11th yep 
and you would watch how much that was covered, how many, God knows how many times I watched those planes hit the buildings. Yeah. Oh, you know, can I, can I just say, Hey, this is actually the anniversary of nine 11 because that's when this episode's coming out. So, Hey, this is awesome. It's, it's great that we are on that moment in time. Yeah. So from there, you know, you have this considerable gap of, <clears throat> you know, CNN broadcasts the Gulf War and everything about it to all of the, you know, all of your day-to-day events, you know, your biggest, your, your biggest selling points as a 24-hour news network, you know, at this point is coverage of the election of Clinton slash HW. Hmm. And that constant coverage is like okay so here's another little piece that we could cover constantly right and then from there it's you know not very much not very much they start, another election they not start, very much not very much but they rocket start, explodes they wait they start covering the clintons with this stuff that's where the drama started coming in was the clintons are now our new conversation but what about whitewater but what about his cheating but what about paula jones mm-hmm. but what about and it's like it's this buildup yep. of and it's that echo chamber clinton 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 cheating clinton cheating clinton cheating clinton whitewater yep. and, and and they yep and so it was yeah it was a, a mini series in that way and i think that's kind of how it we got to the bomb so, so between between you know the Clinton scandal uh, and impeachment proceedings and mm-hmm. the um, you know the the challenge yeah, was a challenger that exploded yep. at this point. That was um, not challenger. Um, the space shuttle. I'm not. It wasn't the yeah, one in, yeah, a, in yeah, the eighties. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or Atlantis was, or was it Atlantis? I know I had the school teacher on it. Um, and it was George Bush. So that no, was... this so this was no this was so this would have been during um, this would have been during Clinton's time. There was a, oh yeah yeah yeah. I'm sorry because yeah, we had one because we had one that exploded during Clinton's time, but then we also had one that exploded during Bush's time. And, and that was a and, re-entry and Reagan's time, by the way. Yep, and Reagan's time. So Oof. yeah. So, so that those coverage points right there, the Clinton and then the Clinton scandal, yep. you start to see where you can hook eyeballs because, yeah. uh, you know, what two things do, you know, we seem to love, we seem to love. I still want to say at this point, we had like 20 versions of things that we could watch all from like comedy to stuff. It wasn't, mm-hmm. it still wasn't what it is today. So it went from like right. three or four <clears throat> channels. Now we're up to like 20 channels. Yep. And, <clears throat> and on top of that, you know, the internet's not quite where, you know, mm. we're at, you know, circa, I would say the mid 2000s, right. you know, where, where we're, where we're at in the late nineties and early two thousands at this point is, is that, you know, web space is not cheap. Yeah. Right. And the, expertise that you need to put news articles up is you know you actually have to know someone who can code and and actually put this stuff up manually this isn't Mm. you know like an advanced blog platform like wordpress where all i have to do is type like i'm typing in a word document and you know click publish and this is post the post iphone pre-iphone sort of thing smartphone yeah pretty much you know so so we're not quite to the point where you know 
you know, everything is still very much traditionally controlled. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, it's, you know, where we're at technologically is still that this is expensive. This yeah. is difficult. Getting it wrong is very, very detrimental stuff. Right. Um, and you have the Simpsons. so so you got so you have all of these traditional sources but the you know what do people love we love a good scandal Mm -hmm. and we love gore it turns out you know for as much as we don't want to go to a horror movie and watch buckets of blood yeah we love the gore of of what's happening in day-to-day life and i would say that another thing that turned you know 24 hour news into what it became is columbine yeah, god knows how many how many hours were spent covered on the columbine or, or the oj um you know chase yep yep so yeah the oj chase that was another one that was you know even though it was a very short period of time mm-hmm. it was still one that was covered very extensively yeah <clears throat> it's the things that but, hooked us that made us sit there for eight hours like a, like how we sit with video games now we were sitting there for mm-hmm. for the oj stuff and the columbine stuff and the sandy hook stuff we were there yeah. just eating that shit up we were columbine columbine sold a lot of eyeball time mm-hmm. it really did and unfortunately um i also think it you know provided the copy paste formula for other school shooters to come um and kind of that's another kind of created the pundit class to where it was this is what happened let's spend 55 minutes now discussing that with people that weren't there weren't eyewitnesses but were experts or had opinions and then but they were still expert opinions but it wasn't people so you know i think that's where this airtime mm-hmm. filler came in as the stories became smaller we made a bigger deal out of them by filling the time in with opinion well and and that's the thing is is that you know you didn't have experts in school shootings at this point exactly you know you had people who were experts in firearms you had people who were you know experts in mental health mm-hmm. you had people who were politicians all weighing in on this right you know on what on what they thought and it blurred the line of what an <clears throat> actual fact was mm-hmm. you know and, and on top of that you know you had this endless coverage of an individual who did something terrible and our hunger for that person's information you know for for whatever reason we think that <clears throat> by watching all of this coverage on these people who do terrible things like we're gonna like we're going to learn ourselves how to be like that person's a school shooter right and that's just not how it works no that's 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 not how it works we're we're so hungry for information because we think we're going to be able to take that and be useful somehow some way some and and the reality is 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 that what ended up happening is we desensitized ourselves to the violence. We desensitized ourselves to the horrors. Mm -hmm. And then with all of the opinion pieces that opened up about the whole thing, you know, we started really blurring the lines as to what, what is actually important. 
in in the whole scenario right because the stories became smaller but we still had to fill the time and so the echo chamber didn't have anything real massive and it had to do with like storms and hurricanes and mm -hmm. uh smaller politicians doing things and but you still had to fill the time you know so it was still had to was fill the time smaller scandals like <clears throat> did michael jackson actually touch somebody well we're, let's spend 10 years trying to figure out you know we don't need to do that but we did that to fill the time and <clears throat> and really where where you start to see um 24-hour news take its turn i would say for the worse is post-September 11th. Mm. You know, you think about it, we got conditioned like Pavlov's dog, so that way whenever that breaking news bulletin came up, all this, you know, like our brain was just like, this is truth, this is fact, this is everything we need in right. our lives. And now that gets used whenever some opinion pundit is coming on to talk about, you know, why Trump decided to only eat well-done steaks. Right. But the fact is he ate a well-done steak, but we don't need to fill 55 minutes saying his name 2,000 times to get the point across. But we need to fill the time. Exactly. And so with, the, with that, you know, with that 24 hours of space needed to fill, you have to do something with it and you have to talk about something and you have to sensationalize something. Mm -hmm. So now this is where we start to see the transition from the 24 hour news network, you know, with MySpace and Facebook, you know, social media, you start to see where people are connecting, right. but even in, but even in these early days of social media, like 2003 to, I would say 2011, right you're really not seeing a whole lot of news articles within these sites. Right. It's, it's because it's still, boards. it's chat boards and stuff like that. It's you know? chat boards and, and pictures of mm -hmm. friends and goofy videos and right. weird and wild status updates. But the serious, you know, the serious conversations are in, in those chat rooms and stuff on, you know, those sites that you have to know about to get to, you know what I mean? It's not like we were all, on Facebook going QAnon, QAnon. It wouldn't have ever been that way, you know what I mean? Well, and, and really, you know, each each of these areas were still pretty well easily separated. You weren't really linking to all these outside sites right. at this point. At this point, it was, you know, Facebook was its own chamber of, hey, let's just have fun and goof around and right. post some goofy pictures and some memes and and look where i am you know, look what i'm doing i did it on farmville how cool is that yeah pictures of our friends that we don't remember taking yeah. neither do they right <laughs> but but that all really starts to change when you start to hit these election cycles right um where now you're starting to see news posts about you know the different political parties and my personal favorite binders full of women who doesn't like binders full of women right mm. i mean as as innocuous as that sounds i remember at the time being like wow that has got to be the dumbest thing i've ever heard and i'm sitting here thinking man 2012 those were some very innocent times yeah right <laughs> you know everybody loved the bill clinton you know walking and going did someone say binders full of women <laughs> that's funny you know it was 
it was it was still you know funny you know social media at this point hadn't become a weaponized tool right you know it's it's it, its potential hadn't been tapped yet and really wouldn't be tapped until uh, as you start to move through 2014 into 2015 and we hit that mm-hmm. we hit the beginning of the election cycle right so now now we're up to the modern uh of fake news but i want to i want to interject another because there's a wider thing and it's the audience and so Mm -hmm. at this time i want to say that and i just learned this this perspective myself was that during obama is when these white nationalists started to coalesce into bigger bigger groups bigger um with an agenda and because all right, because Trump is going to let them loose. He's going to tap into them later in this conversation. So I just want to let you know that at this time, like Obama's president, but there's a lot of white people that are just not happy about it. And they're getting together and they're calling themselves militias. And they're they're shooting guns and eating, drinking beer, having fun. They're hating on, you know, other races. And, you know, they don't like Obama. And now we're moving on into our media. They're 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 some of the people mm-hmm. digesting this information. So 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 I've shown how we've gotten from traditional media. I've shown you know just kind of like the brief glimpse of social media, right? Simply because you know social media at this point is still very much its own separate thing. But now, on the other side of this, you know that you know I would call the the website of this, you know. Before we get, you know, before this side comes in and integrates into social right. media, right? They didn't and, and do how, that. Right? I know what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, exactly. So, so just kind of setting these three stages yeah. as to, you know, how these things are still very separate at this point. CNN wasn't a website anybody visited. You know what I mean? You very few people. You didn't even it. really go to the national weather, you know, forecast website. You just went to the Weather Channel. Yeah, exactly. And and so now, you know, now let's talk about, you know, the 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 news sites. I would say that, you know, show of hands amongst all the listeners, how many of you read an onion article and thought it was actually news? <laughs> I didn't know it, you know, you know, being younger, I didn't know that the onion was a satire website okay. until someone was like, Hey, did you know that the onions a satire piece? Because, you know, at that time, the stuff that they posted wasn't completely outlandish. Some right. of it was just, you know, it was great satire. More like what but if. It also, but, it, but at the time, you were like, yeah, that sounds like it could happen. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't learn about The Onion until everybody had already known it was a parody, you know. So right. I can't say any. I didn't read it before I knew. And that was, you know, and and after you learned, after you got, you know, after you fell into the onion trap and you got called on it, mm-hmm. then it was absolutely hilarious, you know, because you just, you knew that you had been tricked. Right. And from there, then you started reading it as though it was fake and funny and right, right, right. You know, so the onion, you know, the onion was this site that was news quote unquote, but this is where we, I would say, we really start to figure out, you know, the advent of fake news. Right. And this how is it's, where we're, how it's funny. Yeah, because at this point, you know, it is it is technically, you know, misinformation 
because or, or disinformation. I can't because believe an, you believe that. Right. It's an you know it, you're it's supposed to be you know it's supposed to not be real and it's supposed mm-hmm. to be just absolutely out there. Sarcastic and ironic. But that's the glory of it. It was designed to be that way. It right. was not meant to be taken seriously, but written seriously as though mm-hmm. you know someone actually had this opinion. Right. It was kind of in in a lot of ways. It was kind of. Uh, uh, a parody of the of the sites that were really small, like your 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 far right and your far left, right. you know, news, you know, news blogs. What if Rush? Because that's really all they were. What if Rush Limbaugh was this? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh huh. And and of course, you know, that was always the funny thing was is that you know some of it was you know some of it was just so absurd that you're like there okay there's no way this could be real and some of it was just real enough that you're like yeah that sounds like it would happen right (laughs) but it was all completely sarcastic and yeah you know another great articles like another angle to a serious issue but the funny part of it that the news left out. Yeah, something that you saw like John Stewart and Stephen Colbert did mm-hmm. in on Comedy Central. Right. So, you know, you you see sites like this as being, you know, really your 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 first of fake news because they're not trying to be fake news, right. but a lot of people end up falling for it. And that's why I brought up The Simpsons because The Simpsons, believe it or not, was a way that I learned about a lot of things. You know what I mean? And they weren't exactly accurate. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> you know? No, but we all know that person who was pretty much Homer Simpson. Right, or anybody, but they would they would say things like Family Guy does now, like, oh, I can't believe Cher's dead. Cher's not dead, mm. but they'll just say that randomly in an episode and then move on, and you're like, where did Wait, I, I heard, I heard that somewhere, Cher's not dead, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Right, no, and so all of that was just, you know, it was harmless, but it definitely got a lot of people. Right. And so then you move into, then you start to look more towards the darker corners of the web. You know, you start to see places like the Daily Caller, I think, mm-hmm. or the Daily Stormer, is like you know that's the white supremacist. Yeah, chat room, chat rooms get their website. Chat rooms, you know, specialized chat rooms get their website. Like, right. like I said, the Daily Stormer, it's an actual neo-Nazi website. Mm-hmm. Um, and you you start to see that, you know, with, with, you know, environmentalists, with white supremacists, with neo-Nazis, with, you know, yeah. communists, with, you know, everybody. You take the good, you take everybody. the bad, you take them both, and there you have the internet. Yeah, and 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 you've now reached the point in the internet where, you know, you it now doesn't take a super specialized knowledge in order right. to be able to have your own website. There's no editor at the paper saying that's not good, right? Yeah, and and really, you know, you don't need a specialized coder. You know, you might want someone to help you design your website, mm-hmm. but outside of that, you know, you're starting to see, you know it's so easy to just post something yeah. and call it news that, you know, there's not really any second thoughts. There's not really any fact checking. I mean, even in the advent, you know, in the early days of traditional media on the internet, you don't see sources, you know, you, we never saw sources in newspaper. We never saw sources That's a good point. on television. That's a good point. And, 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 when you're talking about what's real and what's fake, you know, at least in the scientific community, it's like, 
when we're say when we're making a claim about something, you know, we have a list of sources a mile long. That's right. You know, part of part of journalism is is that some of our you know some of the sources of journal uh, journalism are public, but some of them are private. Right. You know, because people don't want to lose their jobs by talking. And you can shut you you know that's a good example of that is any historical episode from Public Access America. We have our source there. We have the original like video from the audio we got so that you can go back and you can learn from the point that we, we found it and put it up as an episode. You know what I mean? Like the concentration right. camp episode, you can click on that to the actual internet archive episode. So you can see that we didn't edit it or try and distort it in any way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, where, where traditional media, you know, they never listed their sources. Mm. You never, you know, it's not like when you finished reading an article, it's like, you know, here's where we got all of our information. Right. That was never a thing. Right. You just, you had to take it as true. That's, that's kind of how we were all raised. That's a good point. So now when you have all of these other websites that are claiming to be the news and making some of these bogus and irrational and yeah. absolutely illogical claims. Or just putting it out there as an opinion as fact person. They don't even have to be saying they're the news, actually. They can just be a person that doesn't tell you, this is my opinion, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what confuses us. A lot of the opinions we're taking as fact, and that's not... Okay. Anyway, but I, I believe. Yeah, you're you're on the right track. Yeah. But it's really something that you know. The moment you sit down and think about it, you're like, wait a minute. That's right. I have never looked at the news and been like, show me your sources. Right. And that's where you start to. That's where you really start to see these lines blur. And you know what? This is a good example of that. Is the fact that we're having this conversation, and I never had ever told anybody that you have credentials in this. We just started talking about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess for the listeners out there, fun fact: um, I ha if you've listened to the podcast with me on it before, I have a master's of science in information management. Um, where I studied business intelligence and risk. Um, the program that I went to after I graduated actually created a class called uh, Calling Bullshit. And it's, you know, it's about how to identify fake news. Yes. And that's the and, heading and topic of today's show. I love it. I love starting and, the introduction like an hour and a half into it. It's cool. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so the... The whole idea of, you know, what we have decided to call fake news, yeah. it's it's not that it's not that it's you know, I mean, while it is a somewhat newer term and newer problem, the reality is is, is that all of the ways in which fake news has been able to prosper and become prolific is because of the mechanisms that have been traditionally used. You know, you don't have media sources. You don't have, you know, the people who have held these documents coming on and, and talking about them. Right. You know, you don't have people that end up having the documents bringing in the person who either authored them or, you know, got them to testify to their veracity. In and that's yeah. In fact, a source was something to be hidden and cherished and you would go to court and go to jail before you gave up your source. Exactly. Exactly. But that is a double-edged sword as we've come to find out in, in the fake news mm -hmm. era 
is is that now because you know the traditional media has not had to you know make their sources available now you have all of these other websites that are not making their sources available right and now you're left down to the claims as to are these actually realistic are these actually viable are these actually right. anything that we should be taking is true right and you also have people that are saying i might be that source you know what i mean right need to pause here because this one needs to go outside and go to the bathroom no problem let's take uh two okay we're gonna take a break we will be right back right after whatever is gonna happen now to those who would tear the world down we will defeat you this is our moment this is our time to those who seek peace and security we support you yes we can and to all those who have wondered if america's beacon still burns as bright tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth but from the enduring power of our ideals democracy liberty opportunity and unyielding hope let me tell you something you already know the world ain't all sunshine and rainbow. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently for letting you, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. Ask not. Yes, we can. What your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your five poor little children. Yes, we can. tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Welcome to Public Access America. Yes, we can. Now on Instagram and SoundCloud. We wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. Twitter, Apple Podcasts, the Stitcher Smart Radio app, Audible, and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. 